Howdy, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. It's Street Fight Radio. We are here Wednesday night. Time for a Street Fight basement show. Brian and I getting back to our roots, talking shit about the world and trying to make sense of it. Thanks for being here. We do appreciate your time and your input. Uh, You can always get involved with the chat when we're doing the live stream. This happens usually around 11 to midnight on Wednesdays. Then we do our call-in show uh, Sundays, 9 to midnight Eastern Standard Time. But if you jump in there, we can talk to you while we're doing the show. And there's a bunch of other people that are also down to hang around. So, thank you for being here. You can find us on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. I think I said that. But... uh, you can also just listen to us a pod- as a podcast, which is what got us into this shit. Now we got graphics that are all from Secret Awesome. Um, it's like, you know, it's all a big to-do now. You know, we got a producer. This is trying to be very serious. We're having a special uh, Shocktober that's coming up. Brian's doing it. Um, if you want more bonus content, more of what we do, head over to Patreon. We're trying to spread this mess across the U.S., get people uh, more disillusioned with the people in power and working towards creating something different so if you're down with that and want to keep moving this along join up be a street fighter there's lots of uh, great folks in our facebook group and our online communities i'm really proud of all the everybody that is involved with it and uh you know steps up it's been uh, it's been amazing i love it so far I'm Brett Payne. He's Brian Quinby. We are the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. (sighs) Street by radio. used to that now. Like, you can't live without that I got to hear it. That's why we're on the road all the fucking time. Got to. Got to. to. I blamed you for some shit at my doctor's office today. You did? I mean, therapy? No, at my doctor. I talked to her about how when I get sleep, I don't have anxiety. And I said, I'm going to try to make my bedtime 2 a.m because that's realistic both on and off the road you uh-huh. know? and she was like uh she was like uh so you can make it by two and i'm like i can try to make it back to the hotel by two but my partner likes to party quite a bit so sometimes i stay up a little later than i'm supposed to <laughs> it's so tough for you it just depends on if you know <laughs> we're sharing if if we're like far away and you need to get back and stuff like that but i generally like i told her like, I told her I cut down on weed, and she was like, are you thinking about quitting? And I was like, no, I don't get a ton of it. Like, I just, I don't pay for it, you know? So, there's that. She said, does your kid know you smoke weed? And I'm like, well, yeah, because my job. What doctor was this? My medical doctor. Oh, okay. I was honest with her. I said, my job, I tell people I do drugs. I can't, like, just be like hide it from my daughter it's like she's 15 it would be more insulting to her if i just tried to hide it you know right right <laughs> so that happened today well but i'm i'm sorry for being a bad influence on you're you. a great i'm sorry I'm that right. i know sometimes you are trying to sleep and i am sitting under the covers staring at my phone and giggling at six in the morning that's true but it doesn't bother me really i like touring <laughs> with you i can't imagine it would be any better with anybody else i have a buddy which th- i wanted to say that before this show, uh, very nice to be recording Street Fight. I got to tell you, because I'm, I'm, I'm doing other shows. I'm doing two other shows right now. I'm recording Shocktober, and I'm recording uh, the pot, the POD cast launch yeah. today with John Cullen. And uh, sometimes it, it sort of felt like there for a minute, 
like god damn i haven't done street fight forever and yeah. now today it's like slipping on a nice pair of comfortable pants yeah. i'm sitting down with brett the easiest guy in the world to record with right across the table from him it's good oh, to be here i also wanted to offer you i think a little bit of relief in your life okay um regarding i don't know if you've made it a thing online but your recent shoe catastrophe uh i don't have a shoe i don't think i do people don't know about it what's my shoe catastrophe weren't you very concerned that I hate your my shoes, shoes were yeah. ugly bobo and all of that yeah well i wanted this is like the concept of house money and i know house money didn't help you become a better gambler but i think you know in the sneakerhead community there is the concept called beaters these are just shoes that you wear to go up against the world that you don't give a shit. They're your trash ass shoes. They're your beaters. Yeah. So instead of saying the Bobo shoes and feeling bad about them, like these are my fucking beaters. Like I have all yeah. kinds of stylish shoes at home. These are the beaters. These are the ones that hit the pavement. It sucks. I bust out my real tree shit for the shows. Right. I get out the boots. That's true. For the show. It sucks to have a $250 pair of shoes that you look at as beaters. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, in a, it's, but, it is, but in the I, same way that people that play hockey, though, also spend several thousand dollars on their gear. People that walk 20 miles a day also need an intense pair of fucking shoes. Well, let me just say this about the 225, because I think there will be some confusion about this. Uh, I buy $225 shoes because I go to REI. Yeah. And if they break down within a year, you can take them back and get another pair of shoes. And my shoes break down within four months. And I can, you know, I can make a year's worth of shoes out of that one purchase, which right. is really great for me because there was a period there. And Brett remembers it, I'm sure. The listeners do, too. And I was walking through two pairs of shoes a day. Yeah. Or a month. Two months. Yeah. You know, I was just walking right through those fucking Crummy-ass Nike marshmallow shoes. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of stuff to get to today. Uh, those other pods, the Shocktober will be out October 1st, and the POD cast is out there. We did Significant Other, so you can find it. It's not hard to find. Um, uh, so, Brett, I have a few ways to go here, all right? I have a bunch of stories. It's guys. I have like a cold sore. Okay. And I pick at it a lot. You look like Ozzy Osbourne. You know, you look cool as shit. Well, thank it's you. It's like blood. Just... I don't have like anything to wipe it off with. So I'm like kind of stuck here. Uh, I'm stuck here, like wiping it off with my hands, which is great. Ah, TP for my face hole. All TP. right. All right. TP for my face we have hole. So many stories. We have so much stories, material. Tonight. Lots of Street Fight stories. So much material. I want to thank Ferrante first. Uh, Nick Ferrante online. I, uh, and uh, he sent me this story. And I think this is a perfect. I, I, I have maybe never gotten a better story for Street Fight in my DMs. <laughs> I get a lot of great stuff. Like, uh, I get a lot of great, like, behind-the-scenes shit from jobs and stuff like that, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. You I've, know? Yeah. But this is, like, somebody who totally gets the show. You know? Like this. They nailed it. They this nailed it. This is a it. home run. This is a story from CNN. A Pennsylvania couple is facing felony theft charges after their bank accidentally put $120,000 in their account, uh, and the couple spent most of it instead of contacting the bank, yes. police said. Makes sense. Uh, Robert and Tiffany Williams of Montoursville are also facing overdraft fees from the bank of about $107,000, according to the criminal complaint filed in the Lincoming County Magisterial District. Uh, in an interview with law enforcement, Tiffany Williams said the money was spent on an SUV, a camper, two four-wheelers, and a car trailer, among other see, things, according to the affidavit. See, just basic life stuff. Well, somebody mentioned this 
uh, in one of my chats, because I, I posted this story in there to show them, and they were like, uh, how come everybody always buys, like, four-wheelers when they get, like, that's the it's first big purchase for a guy like me, you know? They would be nice to have around. Yeah. Well, now that you can drive them on the street. Well, and if you have, yeah, exactly. You can drive them in the street, but if also if you do have land, um, they are just the most fun thing you can do with your time. They're better than a Switch, really. Yeah, I, I think audio's playing over us right now, Fun. so I gotta stop that, because I love auto-playing stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, like... Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm always jealous of everyone that has them. Um, they are a big come-up in the rural community. Um, just one of the... They're very fuel-efficient, right? Again, and you can ride them on the street these days. You can also ride them on the street. Which was different. In an interview, uh, the bank error occurred on May 31st when a customer in Georgia made a deposit of $120,000 and the BB&T bank teller entered a wrong account number. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When the customer contacted the bank to ask about the missing deposit, investigators discovered the funds had gone into the Williams joint account, the affidavit okay. said. Okay. While we can't comment on the specifics of this issue due to client privacy practices, we always work as quickly as possible to address any issues that affect our clients, a bank spokesman told CNN in a statement. We're also continuously working to enhance our client service and operating procedures to provide the best client experience possible. You know, fuck you. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, um, I have to say it's the cost of doing business, right? I, think I mean, it is it's, it's a matter of. You hire people to do things, and there is an amount of human error that comes with this, and you need to expect you're going to fudge. Someone's going to fudge the numbers, and um, the deal is basically I get whatever's in the account. Yeah, right? what is like, 120 grand to and, a bank anyway? And, you know exactly. And now it's turned into 107 thousand dollars in overdraft. That's phase. just in the overdrafts plus the 120. They're trying to get that 120 it's, too. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I have to say that this is one of those things where you have to eat the cost. Like, it sucks for you, but guess what? You're taking a risk by doing this business. By being a bank. If you, Hey, if Mr. BB&T, you, you, you let somebody guy, have access to all this money, they used it. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah, if Mr. BB&T, the guy that owns the bank, was the one personally sitting down and entering these numbers in, then uh, I would be like, oh, what a mistake. This is, this is you know... Ah, gee, I mean, they outsource the. I mean, Mr. BB and T, John BB and T, outsource the labor to somebody else, and they get what they get. Right? And he ain't paying. Probably ain't paying shit. Yeah, to the tellers. When Tiffany Williams was contacted by the bank on June 21st, she said she no longer had the funds because they had already paid off bills. That's me, by the way. I will yeah. go shopping and then be like, uh, oh, I had all these bills. It was a camper really? and a four wheeler, and <laughs> I needed a new belt. Uh, I had to go to the mall. Um, uh, some of the money also went to pay bills and for car repairs, and the couple gave $15,000 to friends in need of money, Tiffany oh Williams God. told investigators, according oh to the affidavit. God. What sweethearts, what fucking angels. Right. They were, they, I, I just. They were like, hey, hey, I know things are tough right now. Just, there was a come up. There was a fucking bank mistake. Everybody's getting paid right now. Take it. Isn't that the fucking that uh, Monopoly some... card? Bank error in your favor? <laughs> is that one? Right? Yeah. I didn't know and that. And you get to keep it. Well, that's American life. I mean, Monopoly is the government. This bank is evil, man. Tiffany Williams told the bank that she would try to come up with a repayment agreement for the money <laughs> yeah. owed. Sure. But I mean, I, I would mean, too. I, would, I, I can do probably 10 bucks a month or yeah. something like that. I'll do, a, 
I can get $50 a month together for the payment plan. I'll do a payment plan. I mean, I'm always willing to do a payment plan. Yeah, That's yeah. the thing my creditors don't understand is that, I am willing to do a payment plan. I'm always. my payment plan. It has to be affordable. It yeah. has to feel comfortable to me, but I'm always comfortable doing a payment plan. I yeah. accept it, you know. I uh, I got these four-wheelers. Um, I can pay you, though. Yeah, I'm driving these motherfucking swanky four-wheelers around on my camper but I'll make sure you get that. Just yeah. treat it like a credit card. I mean, really. I was I was going to earn this money anyways. I was always going to get this stuff. This is what I was trying to do. I just got it right now, and you'll get your money later. Yeah, I was living the American dream, so yeah. I know I was going to eventually end up with 120 grand. Yeah, it, it, it was that this was always going to happen. You know, this is how this is how the big guys get by. You know, the bank credited the correct account with 120 thousand dollars and debited the same amount from the incorrect one. The affidavit said, "Oh, imagine that." You know. I hate checking my bank account because it freaks me out every yeah. time. I don't care if it's the day after the Patreon comes in or if it's the day before the Patreon comes in. Every time I look at my bank account, I assume there's no money in there and that I'm getting overdraft fees. Dude, I get I sign up for one of those stupid apps and it like gives me a text message in the morning and it's always way different than what I expect. Oh, I'm see, just like, mine's always ha. Better go look and see. You know what I do when I check my bank statement? I go like this. Well, it's probably like let's say that in my brain, I think that my bank has five hundred dollars in it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In my brain, we're saying my checking account has five hundred dollars in it. I get the app up, I open it up, I type in my password, and I was like, probably looking at like three fifty. Yeah, know? I mean a bad day. We're trying to look we're probably looking at like three hundred and fifty bucks. I'm not gonna get know? my hopes up and think it is actually five hundred. Yeah, not the five hundred. And then if I pop on and it's five hundred, I'm like dancing. You yeah. know what I mean? And if I pop on, if it's somewhere from 350 to 500, I somehow can convince myself to be happy under 350, though. And that heads me right into panic attack lane. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, I just, I think, like, the thing is also, like, I, we do check our, like, people check their bank accounts quite a bit these days because it's right there with them. And yeah. you can always look at it. And people with no money, Check it all the time. I can't imagine what it would be like to open that bank app and have $102,000 in it. I don't, yeah. $120,000. I don't know how I would react in that yeah. situation. You know, probably, I, I don't want to be too judgy. I'm not trying to be judgy either. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't, I would probably possibly spend some of that money too. You know, I would be I like, don't want to oh. get caught up. <laughs> you think you would call? I did. We know I, yeah, I yeah, I don't I feel like I'm being on fun. But like when I was a kid, one time I got my paycheck and it was like three times the amount. And I told my parents and they were like, do not spend that money. They're gonna come after you immediately yeah. for it. Well, that's it. smart. So your parents are smart and cynical. Yeah. They were like, there's no way they're gonna let you get away with having that money. And they were absolutely right. They deducted that shit on Monday. Friday the check happened by Monday. They were like you know, this is a problem. You need to give us that money back. I mean, that's just like working class people knowing how the world works right there. That is like lived experience and a lesson in nothing ever. Yeah, I mean, I was 16. I was 16 at the time. Right. Yeah. Your parents taught you that nothing is ever going to go in your right. favor and that uh, it's it, it, they will get it back. Yeah. No matter what they you will never get it back from them, but they will always get it back from you. Yeah, I you mean, the, you know, and Missy Rogers said in the chat, which is this is the absolute move, is you just have to move it into your savings and you have to wait. 
Like you have to look up statue of limitations and shit. But like you just hang on to it on the side. You know? That's true. You could like if you waited a little bit to see what was gonna happen and you were like, but then again No, they came after me then like yeah. Right. I'm saying with this story. But with this one for sure. If you put the money aside and you're like, if this is still here in a month, it's mine. Yeah. But again, I'm looking at it from my brain where it's like, what does it look like when you open your account and well, there's an extra $120,000? And immediately what I start wondering is like, how much plausible deniability do I have yeah. here? Do I say I never checked my account and I just started spending because I thought I had enough in there to pay for this stuff? That's probably a good plan. Right, I mean, but they know what you had before, and right. they know they're what gonna you prove. had every week for years. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna say that it's not. They're gonna just try to devalue your character and say you, you could never create that kind of amount of money. Right. Uh, both Tiffany and Robert Williams told investigators that they knew the money didn't belong to them, according but to the affidavit. One life, though. You get one chance at life, and yeah. you got fuck. Like, why not just do it? I know. That's how I feel about how much are they getting fucked up on this. The hundred seven thousand. I mean, the money stuff. I know that sounds bad, but like, it's all fake. As long as they're not going to put you in jail for it. Like yeah. The payment. Well, plan. they're getting charged with a felony, oh, grand theft yeah, sort of shit. thing, because it's a yeah, lot of money. That sucks. You know. Uh, reached I mean, by CNN under a phone number listed in public records for Robert Williams, a man didn't, who didn't identify himself, said he had no comment about it, that at this time and doesn't yet know the name of the public defender in the case. All I'm going to say is we took some bad legal advice from some people, and it probably <laughs> wasn't the best thing in the end, Robert Williams told <laughs> CNN. I mean, that is the issue oh there. That's your buddy is like, yeah. I yeah. mean, one of your buddies was like, no, man, it's called, it's like a legal fuck up. It's called errata. Like they have to change it later. Like, Bank statement in your, they read that on a Monopoly card. Some guy. They read the Monopoly card. Saw the Monopoly card and said, nah, man, you get to keep the yeah, money. Yeah, you do. I remember now. We, we live in a monopoly I, in the game. You get it. Can I come at this from another angle though? Cause this is a, a thing I might have thought for real. So I wake up. I check my account. There's $120,000 in it. I know that $120,000 is not mine, right? Uh-huh. And I know that it was accidentally deposited in my account by the bank. I am so stupid that I would maybe be like, what if I tell them about it? They might just give me a reward. But I know they would never give you a reward. Yeah, they wouldn't even say thanks happen. for doing the right thing. But I could see somebody returning the money thinking they might get a reward from yeah. somebody. Yeah, you that know? would be weird. Yeah. Um, we, there was actually, yeah. I Nate mean, Weaver, a neighbor of the couple, told WNEP that the allegations are kind of shocking. I mean, with all the procedures the banks have set up and, you know, checking and double checking, triple checking, there's no way, no way anybody gets away with that stuff. We believe you. We all believe <clears throat> you. This is not fair because if you were really truly judged by a jury of your peers, we would all stand alongside you and say, hey, if you fucked up, you got to fucking eat it. The same that we all do. They would have made, they make us eat it every we time. We don't, they don't play by the same fucking rules. We yeah. fuck up and we have to pay for it you don't yeah they get us every single fucking time that's just the way it is man uh we got another story here that is can, can i get it can i get a little can i interrupt for yeah go for, for a it. second i did have a parent that listens to this show oh no no confirmed to me that they went to like a little neighborhood fundraiser festival for like a church you know that's just like uh one of those monte carlo nights and rides and stuff similar to your ox roast 
Okay. And uh, they said that the parents were like super fucking obliterated. Like they said two drinks beyond what they considered to be okay around yeah. a bunch of 11 and eight year olds and shit. Like kids that know what's going on and like you're plastered in the middle of this. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I, I, they get hammered. It's just the way it is. Like they're it's allowed so to get far. hammered in public. But if this happened in a different neighborhood, oh yeah, and people showed up hammered, it would be a totally different oh, yeah. thing. This shit gets shut down a lot. Yeah, yeah. This is the barbecue I mean, wild black thing. I'm even, I mean, even like a poor white neighborhood, yeah, would for get sure. shut down. They'd be like, these fucking hillbillies are out here. These rednecks are out here drunk at a public park. We need to, you know, we need to handle them. Yeah, you know, as if like. Everybody knows uh, uh, those people were so drunk yeah. at this thing. So there was that. Within a few days of beginning her apartment hunt this summer, Natalie Miskolta Cameron got lucky. She found a one-bedroom walk-up she could afford on East 96th Street in Manhattan. But she was surprised when the landlord's broker asked her to pay a $100 application fee that's followed not, by that's not surprising. Okay, that's not surprising. But then followed by a four hundred dollar processing fee. Nice. Even though such upfront fees fees have been capped at twenty dollars as a this result of new rent laws passed by state lawmakers. Craigslist in scam. June. We're talking about here. Well, I I have heard of the Craigslist Craigslist scam. I think this was just, dude. Here's the thing about landlord types and like like any of that stuff. Like they have the upper hand when you're searching for a place to live right and they can almost charge you anything because you and, want the fucking place and if i was desperate to find a place in manhattan right now i do have four hundred dollars that i would rather spend on like bootleg designer clothing but i could put it towards like the app exactly it's and like it's just it's like a it's a it's a fee for and something that, that they're gonna soak you something that a lot of uh maybe small businesses have learned is that you can like wrap a lot of stuff up in a processing fee. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> like you can just say like if you uh, have you know, it's a hundred dollar processing fee. You have it, enough it, employees touch it, you can charge each time. Right. They don't ever break down what the process is. The same thing with it's always been with Ticketmaster. I think Ticketmaster was one of the earliest onto this processing fee thing. Cause it was like for Ticketmaster, it was like, we'll print you a ticket and that'll be a $14 processing fee. Yeah. <laughs> like who even touches like a, the fucking thing? Now that's they don't a lot even of paper. have to print the ticket and yeah. We're still doing a processing fee. No, they're charging you to, to deliver to the app. They're like, oh, we've got to send it to the app. That's going to be an extra processing fee. I know. They charge for everything. Uh, it looked like a bit of a red flag, said Miss Colta Cameron, 33, a nanny and skincare entrepreneur who Love had it. read about the rent reforms in the news. But it wasn't really negotiable if I wanted this apartment, which is what we were just saying. Like, yeah. It, basically, if you want the apartment, it doesn't matter if it's illegal it's like at that point. You yeah. know, it doesn't, none of that shit, like, it, it. it's great that these laws exist and that she could go to the police or whatever like that or, or go. Great that she could go to the police. the police. But that she could go to some sort sure. of a board of something and be like, I think I'm being ripped off by right. this person. But the truth is, if she had done that, she wouldn't have got the apartment. Yes. Like, somebody will pay the $400 processing right. fee. And uh, you basically, you could report them and not get the apartment apartment or you can pay it and get the apartment that's it there isn't like and if you want the apartment that's just what it is and it's been that way forever i like when i i, I get a pretty fair deal 
with my landlord is is a pretty fair deal, I would say. Wow, you're like just really fucking up. Two times and cops landlords. and landlord wow. is a fair deal. Well, no, my landlord. I'm not saying that all of them are. Sure. But I get a pretty decent deal. And like they never like they never ripped me off. You know what I mean? Like they I never felt ripped off. They never took too much from me. But like there have been times in the past, especially when renting from an apartment complex, let's say, that I have like every little fucking yeah. thing costs money. I mean, an application fee of a hundred dollars already seems like a lot. And yeah. I would think the processing would be wrapped up in that hundred dollars. Cause where does that, that hundred dollars go? Yeah, just make it a one time thing here. <laughs> I know. No, but that, I mean, yeah, moving to Dallas and moving to DC, uh, a lot of what we wanted to do also came down to not depleting our fucking bank account, applying to places, you know, but you had to be very certain that you wanted to take a shot at it because, you know, for some of the nicer places, it was closer to 200 bucks, you know, yeah. Oh, not yeah. for me, but like friends of ours. I oh, lived yeah. in nice ass fucking places, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, some there were places that I just didn't move into because I couldn't afford the upfront cl- yeah. costs. You know, I ended up where I ended up, but there had there had been times in the past where it was like I, like, I can't do that. I can't yeah. afford it right now. How am I? I know once I get in here, the rent's this, but like if you're gonna it's make an awful it this system. plus it's, a deposit, you it know, just that work. sucks. It's yeah, sh- it's shitty. Yeah. And it's because like, you know, so the people that they have to deal with probably are more have regular income and it's not a much of a hassle. So I understand why they would do that. But then we're pushed down to slumlords and people that like don't want to be involved and, you know, are just expecting us to be like a payday and not really for this to be something that they have to like do up the how landlords say lawmakers rush the new statuses through the legislature later resulting in ambiguities as a consequence brokers citywide are continuing to charge renters hundreds of dollars in application fee hurting the people the laws were meant to protect yeah state regulators have yet to step in and been slow to there offer be charity there clarity. should be none yeah there just shouldn't be these that's absolutely that's it's i mean it comes down to like taxing food like necessities like housing is a necessity it should not cost you anything to try to get housing yeah uh that's i know and like it's kind of like uh it's like how do you figure that out and and like it should be free it should be like a free database for them to check the applications the application fee should just be gone the processing fee should just be gone. It's a fucking database, dude. I don't know what they check, but I know. Credit reports. I mean, honestly, it's a cost of doing business. Once again, I think I've said that twice now. The cost of doing business. You run a credit check on somebody, you pay $70, but you're also going to be charging them $1,000 a month for a place <laughs> that doesn't cost $1,000 a month to take care of. Exactly. Exactly. And again, it could just be easily done. It's one of those things we learned or like a couple years ago about banks. It's like they could make transactions work faster. It sure. does everywhere else in the world, but there are people with vested interests in keeping them slow. Right. And doing this business days thing. Cause that's something I think about a lot. This business day thing is over. We need to get rid of this business days. Thing. If they're yeah. not going to let us only work on business days, yeah. then we can't do business days or business hours anymore. They're making fucking people work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. 
And then they're like, but we can't get you your money for 10 business days. It's like, fuck you, man. You got somebody working all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I bet you can make this happen real quick with a computer. I mean, and these landlords are like complaining because they can't charge these these high processing fees that don't make sense and don't they don't they're not justified i'm looking through this article and there's not even an excuse for why something would have a 400 dollars processing fee they can never answer that what is it i mean you would just charge it because you could yeah that's all it is it's 400 extra fucking dollars for you that's not part of the deposit that's all it is oh man someone in the chat Said Uh-oh. some of their family members just paid $150 in processing fees for a rental application they didn't get approved yeah, for. Yeah, I, I have also paid $100 in processing fees for an application I got not approved on while I was desperately searching for an apartment. And I uh, mean, I'm, like, you know, um, I don't know if it's coming out yet, but I just did a an extra show with Liberation Spring out of the Bay Area in California. And... Uh, uh, Anjula like talked about how she started her school to teach people about, you know, liberation ideas and like anti-capitalist, anti-colonial ideas. And all she did was see whether or not people were willing to spend money with her, you know, Mm -hmm. to do the whole thing. Yeah. And I feel it's the same thing for us. Like we decided to take this on as a business, as an undertaking where people give us money and we try to divert into something bigger. And there is a cost to all of this. Like, I feel like I'm constantly, the money's just falling through our fingers because you have to pay money to make a lot of fucking money. That's just, I don't feel bad for these people at all. Yeah. As a business owner, my fucking, like I'll stand tall as a business owner myself and say, you have to pay to run someone's fucking credit. Yep. Get yes. an account. That's get part a, of your job. Get an account. That get, costs you money. Pay your money. Yeah. Pay for an, pay for the people to run someone's credit and then be done with it. You know, like that's for you. That's not any of my concern. Here's another story. I would just that, like to fucking live here. In that article, it says, after years of living in the same studio apartment in Flatbush, Brooklyn, David Cohen and his wife began searching for a bigger apartment this summer, partly to make space for their two-year-old. They found a two-bedroom in Park Slope. They paid $120 in application fees to Corcoran, a brokerage firm, and $37.60 for a credit and background check to Tenant Alert, an online tenant screening platform. $37.60. Yeah, so they paid a total of one fifty-seven sixty. Okay, uh, but what is again? What is the one twenty then? Like, what is the application fee? Like, what actually is that? I mean, they took groceries out of your hands, basically. I, mean, I know that's a trip to the grocery store for me. That is about a, a week and a half of groceries. Uh, we were in a bind because we saw a place we liked, Mr. Cohen, 52, said. I had a feeling it wasn't right, but we had to pay the fees to apply and get in there. They quickly withdrew from the application process, however, when the broker asked for a higher rent than originally advertised. Mr. Cohen told the broker that he had contacted the state government and the New York Times because he believed the fees he was charged were unlawful. He was subsequently issued a refund. (laughs) So yeah. he got his shit back. If you say you're going to contact the newspaper. You can fight enough. Yeah. yeah. I used to do six on your side. You can side. raise hell. Talk about the Better Business Bureau. I mean, I so I used to work for a really shady business. And I know like the the Better Business Bureau is a joke. 
But at the same time, it was enough for us to get off our ass and do things. So if you can create some sort of problem for these people, if you have the extra time, like maybe you can get that shit back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's absolutely atrocious what they expect uh, from you. Yeah. So that, I mean, the, the, the rental stuff, especially in New York, sounds terrible. But I, I, the processing fee thing is such a confusing thing to me because, again, an application fee. <laughs> well, that's the application fee is a processing fee. And, it's like you're saying. And I was just about to say, this feels like a Craigslist scam to me because I feel like if you ran three people's information a month, you're getting 12 hundo. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you did it, if you did three people a, a week, you know, then, you know, you're up to seventy two hundred dollars a month. Right. I right. mean, I would rather just run application fees than rent the fucking place. Yes, exactly. I live in the place and then just yeah. run. I fucking I, I, fees. We, so we could actually go on and just run application fees as our business and just decline all of them. And that's how you make a bunch of money. Yeah, that, that is probably I, look. I I believe landlords probably do that. Is my sure? Because again, what's that? What is an application fee? Like, like what, what is it? Is it, it just? Is, is it a fee because you touched it with your hands? hands? Like, like it, it went from, from my I mean, you hands can say, to your hands. Yeah, I mean, that's and the, that's the fee. You know, I mean, that that is truly how it is, though. That's a matter of business. Is like whatever you put on the invoice invoice is what it is. If you declare that your time is three hundred dollars to run that shit. No one can stop you. That's true. That's they true. Can go, and, they and can go rent again, somewhere else, right? They can just find another place. Again, yes, exactly. Because people find places that they love and they will put up with anything just to get into that new place. Yeah. It's like all the red flags in the world. Like I, I've moved into apartment complexes and apartments where there were tons of red flags when yeah. I moved in. But it was just like I saw the place. And I liked it. I have to live here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I went through all the crap to do it. I always went for someone with a real desperate message, like first month is free. I always went and talked to okay. them. Like, That's I don't like I don't really have a down payment, but uh or a security deposit, but I'm willing to pay my first month's rent. Let's just not get I'll do, I won't take that take you up on that offer if we can just count it as my security deposit instead. I like it. Well, they usually do that anyway. Yeah, the I mean, they were always the schemers. Like, you I mean, the, get the money. Oh my god, the people at the in the office of this place, the biggest schemers in the world. They, they will get you your fucking place. I, they and they will get you the money. They yeah. they will get as much money as they want out of you before they get you in. All right, let's talk some work stuff, Brett. After after the the horrible world of being not at work and trying to rent a place or accidentally getting a hundred and twenty thousand dollars, I found a blog this week that I believe. Is perfect for us. Finally, I've been looking around for something like this, and it was very hard for me to find it. But I have found us a person to read that will guide us through a world that we we don't like. Okay, and it's Angry HR Lady. Is Ooh, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know this person. And uh, what do they write? I think it's Angry HR Lady. I, I like can't are get they the, like a personality online. Yeah, they they are an influencer. Uh, it's, it's Suzanne Lucas. Oh, Let I me look know here. this one. What? Go ahead. I'm, I'm looking her up because I might be wrong about her. I might be wrong about her name, but I have never, I have, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, ah, oh, geez. Why can't I find her? Uh, hold on. Angry. H. Where's the article at? I got it. Um, so this article 
I, I want to make sure I get her name right so people can like look her up and then read through her. Evil HR lady is actually her name. Evil, evil HR, HR lady. lady. And her uh, tagline is demystifying your human resources department. And uh, somebody somebody uh, wrote in for some advice. And I think we should read this. Okay. I was recently promoted and will be taking over a team that previously reported to my boss. A couple of years ago, due to a new law regarding ex exempt employees, the team was switched from exempt to non-exempt. Now, I believe this means <laughs> overtime, okay? Right? Because salary people, my, it was like actually at my wife's job, she used to be able to make overtime and holiday pay, but they took that all away right. and they just made it all salary. It's like all gone now, so she can work a 12-hour day and it doesn't fucking matter, you know? They were given a nice bonus, $5,000 to help soften the transition. Recently, my boss let me know he's been adding three hours per week to their time cards. Additionally, he allows them to clock out from home after leaving the office. This is kind, right? Cool boss. This is a good boss, right? Um, for example, one employee left the office at 4 p.m. but clocked out at 6.15 p.m. Wow. <laughs> hey, ever been in traffic, dude? You've never been in traffic? Ooh, two-hour commute. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes that happens, dude. Sometimes yeah. that happens. I mean, I ride, I ride my bike home sometimes, yeah. too. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> I've, that's a, that, I, hey, I'm not home. I'm not clocking out till I'm fucking home. I think that's fair. That man, that manager was like, "Hey, we're all getting money over here. Yeah, we come get in money. this. Come get in this. <laughs> yeah, because he's probably fucking blank money. check. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I told my boss I would be stopping these practices. Mm. Am I micromanaging the team by asking them to clock out when they leave the office? Well, I'm going to answer your question before. So they we feel read. uncomfortable. Well, this person got the job, and then they're like, "Oh no." Uh-uh. Uh-oh. Uh -uh. No. Lying about our hours? Yeah. yeah. Are you serious? It's not lying. Here's the thing. No, I mean, I'm working. Like, the whole ride home, I was thinking about how dumb y'all at work were. Yeah. Driving home is part of work. work. In my opinion, Two the hours. time it takes to get to work and the time it takes to get home from Two work. Two hours and 15 minutes. Sometimes it takes, it be like that. They are country, folks. They spend four and a half hours a day commuting. You know people that do it. You know I don't. people that do it. I don't. You know people that have done. I know an hour ninety. Commute. I know ninety minute commuters. Oh uh, yeah. I mean two hours fifteen, but again, what if there was a traffic accident and it was snowing? That is so steep. I'm gonna say this. I've been there where that when it was snowing and it took me three hours to get. I home. mean, they probably aren't getting paid shit, so it doesn't make sense. I mean, all my jobs, I usually just steal my way up to the hourly wage I want. It would make sense to just pad your time. I used to do it when I worked at the cable company. We started when we first, <laughs> when I first started, they had a sign out sheet. Basically what they would do is you would come into work at the end of the day and you would write down what time you came in and then leave. And every single person I worked with added one hour. Yeah. Every time. And you would just, because you didn't have to do anything. Yeah. You would just finish your work and go sit somewhere for an hour and then come in an hour late, get yourself a little bit of time and a half. You get like a little bit. Five hours of time and a half every week, you know, but they were just like, uh, 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 yeah, you're, you can't do that every day. Cause we were all doing it every day, dude. And you know what my excuse was when they caught me? This is a genius excuse, right? Cause it's one that yes, you might technically be in trouble, but they aren't going to fuck you for it. It's like, oh, I didn't take lunch today. 
you know, ah, yes. charge you for that lunch. You know? no. no, on that now, day, I didn't take a lunch I today. worked through my lunch. Yes, I didn't take a lunch today works on so many different levels. I mean, One, it works until they make a policy against exactly. it. Exactly, but it works. But on, you should use it until they do. Yeah, because one, you can get off work early. Yeah. By doing that, and two, you can charge overtime if you stay yeah. to your regular yeah. time. Yep. I can go to lunch is perhaps one of the best. It's a great statement. Statement. It's a conundrum. Yeah, but they always make a rule against yeah, it. Yeah, say if they don't, I mean, they will eventually like staple it all down, but until it's done, like you just should be like, I didn't, I didn't fucking take lunch. I'm serious. I ate at my <laughs> desk. Fucking lunch. I ate man. at my desk. I, yeah. I have like, uh, you know how those guys that play guitar and have a harmonica? I have one of those that holds a sandwich so that I can use my keyboard and eat my fucking sandwich. Yeah, did you, you know? say, I, did, did you say that I like, uh, had to take a lunch because I didn't hear it. Yeah, like, I didn't. It's just no. I power through that. Um, I'm in. I'm doing intermittent fasting right now, so it wouldn't really make sense to me to take lunch anyways. It'd be a waste of my time. I'm trying to give you the best moments of my maximum productivity. This is ridiculous. Let's come on. Let's. <laughs> I'm, I have to leave. You're, you're holding me up. I have things. I have places to be. I'm out of here. Fuck okay. This. I'm sick of this. I come in here. And I work my fingers to the bone. I work right through my lunch. I don't even eat my lunch. I'll Some people can't resist thing. their lunch, though. And they should have it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, didn't, I mean, cu I cut you off. Sorry. Well, it's like, I didn't take a lunch today. And I barely even went to the bathroom. So yeah. you can pay me a little extra time and a half for that. Even if I took a lunch, I did it. You know? Because it's like, how they supposed to? When I was working in a van... The fudging time thing before this is pre GPS days for all you real workers out there that drive in vans. Like I like GPS is like sort of, and it's funny because we're recording this on nine 11. That was like a kind of a nine 11 for, for guys that drive around in vans, guys, yeah. gals, non-binary pals that drive around in vans because you used to just be able to like, Oh yeah, that job took me two hours. Even if it took you ten minutes, and yeah, you just yeah. bought yourself, and, um, <laughs> yeah, you bought yourself a bunch of minutes. You know, yeah. you take a two, three hour lunch. I do have to say, yeah, I mean, I did like taking lunch, and some people do love to go and unwrap like an egg salad sandwich from some cellophane and just sit there and like slowly chew through it and take like a break. I think like they should do it. Yeah, I but think you should I. Be I will not. I would rather just sit here for the allotted time and get the fuck out as fast as One, possible. True. One, I think you should be paid for your lunch anyway. You have to fucking be there. Yeah. You know, you should be paid for it anyway. Two, I truly don't think a lot of people take their lunches. I just, I don't think that, I think that businesses hate lunches. You have to, man. Lot. That's your moment for yourself. I, mean, I agree. People, I agree. I'm saying I took lunches. Right. But businesses hate lunches. They do. And and employees, I think there are a lot of people who are like kind of we talked about this last week with paychecks. Right. That it's just kind of uncomfortable. You know, if you're slammed so or like something I like can. That. Yeah. I, technically, I can leave right now. Yeah. We hate you right now because you're leaving for lunch. <laughs> yeah. When I was you're so fallible. <laughs> when I was on the phones uh, at, at, at Caltech, at the tele. The, the uh, tech support company I worked at, when I was working on the phones there, they had to schedule out your lunches. And my lunch was at 3.30 p.m. I worked I worked 7.30 to 6.30 every day. <laughs> and my lunch was at 3.30. And it, like, ended up I liked it, okay, because I came back at 4.30 and I was almost done with my day. But it was just like, I don't know. I wish my lunch was uh because we got an hour lunch there. That's yeah. the other thing. They're cutting these lunches down to a half hour. You can't even do anything. I mean, lunches should I mean the thing is like 
in the cutthroat world that we live in, I would rather just trim all the fat, take away the lunches and everything, and let me just do the work and get done. But in actuality, <clears throat> to get things done, I would like a little break during the day to yeah. unwrap a sandwich out of cellophane and, you know, talk shit with people. We should ask the listeners to respond to this, and you can check the chat even. Uh, are you... If if okay, here's the question. This is a big question. We'll even ask Jason this. I got a question for you too. We're gonna this. ask Brett this. This is a question. If on the first day of work, on your orientation, they sat you down and they said you're gonna be a lunch person or you're gonna be a gets off work an hour early person, and you have to pick today, and you can't change it once you're in. So you're either a lunch person or you're not a lunch person. But there's definitely a benefit to not taking a lunch. No, I, there's no benefit. I mean, that's bias. That you just that's bias. To get off early. I'm saying because No, you're saying there's of, no, yeah, that's in your opinion. But the choice is one or the other. Yeah. Lunch, you work till five. No lunch, you work till four. Or if you work till five, you get time and a half. Those are your two choices. Wait, what? Now you're throwing an extra. That's what I'm telling. Th th Why listen, would you get time and a half? Because you're working over. You're not. You're working overtime. You're not fucking working you extra. You are working overtime. You took an you hour to sit down and eat. No, I'm not saying that. They get paid for the hour they eat? No, you don't eat. That's what I'm... Well, they get paid. Okay, yes, they get paid. But I'm talking about the world we live in now. I'm saying that... You're losing you, us. You are no, not... No, I'm not. Everybody understands this. This is so easy. If you don't, if you are a person that picks not taking a lunch and you work until the time that you were supposed to get off instead of your early time, okay. you get the overtime. For Got that. it. Okay. That's okay. all it was. Got it. So basically we're saying you're either a lunch but you're person. you're sweetening the pot too not, much. It's eight hours. It's pot. eight hours of rest, eight hours of play, eight hours of, or eight hours of work, eight hours of play, eight hours of sleep. But if it's eight hours of work a day, it's not no bonus. It's for people. It's not bonus for you. It's there's seven no bonuses you don't for you. Take a lunch. It's is not what bonuses. I'm trying to say. I I am not. It's eight I'm hours straight, or it's nine hours with an hour lunch. Yes, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's no, the battle. It's eight hours straight or eight hours. It's eight hours straight or eight hours with a one hour lunch. Yeah. That's why I said nine hours with a lunch. With no, a lunch. Eight, no, the, it's eight with the lunch. You still work only eight hours. But you also get you're a lunch. You're always working eight hours. It's, oh, then I would absolutely take thing, the lunch. Like that doesn't make any sense. You're always going to work. It's lost. It's not lost. It makes perfect fucking sense. You're saying now everybody has to be there for eight hours, but some people get a lunch and some people would choose not to. Okay, I'm going to start this all over from the beginning and explain what I was saying. I think it's this is so simple. On the first day of work, right, you are told you work. Well, I'll just do the times, too. You work 8 to 5 if you have a lunch. You work 8 to 4 if you don't have a lunch. Okay. Okay? And No you, sweeteners. No extra bouncies. No extra four square shit. No, I'm That's just the saying, deal. That's if, the deal. If... If That's you, the deal. But you, they could just make you work over your time. If they make you work over your time. Oh, this is bullshit. That's not a just, fair deal. It is a fair deal because if they made the person with the lunch work over their time, they would get overtime. If you work 10 hours as a person <sighs> with a lunch, you get overtime. All right. It's if you work. So it's, so it's eight hours either way. That's the shift. And you that's, don't get to take a lunch. So, which, do you go home early or do you take the lunch? Definitely the go home question. early. I'm just going to go, go home, home and bring snacks in my pocket and just eat during the day <laughs> while I'm, I'm working, and I will get out of there as quickly as possible. That's me, too. I go to home early. Jason. Do you, 
That's how I do every day. He's a home early guy. Jason's home. We're three home early guys. Now I'm curious as to what the listeners would do. Because there's got to be some lunch people in there. It is fun. Sometimes it's enjoyable. It is like, I mean, the problem is, is that I feel I do bad work because I sit at my desk all day and I don't get up and take breaks. And I need, like literally when I go and do something else besides work, all of a sudden, all of my answers come right to me. When I'm sitting at my desk, like, get it done, get it done, get it done. I can't do it. Uh, exactly. I'm with you. I, I am like. You need that break. I am a get. I do to think. To be more efficient. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to take a lunch. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm saying that, like, my goal paid for lunch is to paid be l- at lunch or to be at work for the least amount. Yeah, of I mean, time that's life. Yeah, is to get home. And I never took a lunch. And sometimes I feel like they use that lunch to lord over you later in the day, so, <laughs> and I hate it. So, does anybody in the chat say no, they take a lunch? Right no, they hate us. They uh, no, they don't hate us, but they haven't said anything. Uh, oh, well, here we go. Congressional baseball fan says, go home early, baby. Yep. Anti-gravity bong was into your time and a half pot sweetener. But it's I, not I a pot sweetener. The- it's just extra hours. Well, yeah, but I, but I don't think they should have the option to just do that if they want. Well, I don't want them to either, but they will. We're talking about the world we live in now. Not yeah. the world we wish to live in. I want to I do like an easier deal. I want to do more black and white deal. I like eight to four to nine to five. It's good. Eight to four or nine to five. But if you work until five on the eight to four schedule, then you get time and a half. No, that's all it is. It's extra hour. Only one ass, not as an option, right? You never have to work over it. Because I would outlaw mandatory overtime at any business. Like there's no. Everybody should get overtime, but I don't like this idea that you're like, I'm not going to take a lunch and I'm going to work an extra hour to get extra money. And it's like, all right, well, these people are like not running their bodies down and doing like the most amount of damage to themselves. They shouldn't be punished or get paid less for that. But you've never. Yeah, that's true. But also they are running like these other people are running their bodies down and they deserve. Yeah, of course. Well, so I got a question for you, actually. Okay. I found this one and this doesn't even have an answer, which is great. It's just a question. I do. I I will read her answer, though. The evil. Oh, there's an answer. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You want to do the answer now? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know there was an answer. Oh, yeah. She answered it. Oh, boy, I'm going to read this in the way it's written. Oh, boy, I hate micromanaging, but this is not micromanaging. This isn't even close to micromanaging. This is managing and basic managing like what you would expect from the shift manager at the local fast food restaurant. Oh, God. Your boss made a huge mistake and your employees will be very unhappy when you cut off the gravy train. But cut it off, you must. Your boss put the company at risk by padding his team's paychecks, and continuing this will only make the situation worse. What the why fuck? Didn't, yeah, why is it a problem that people are getting paid extra? <laughs> I know. People are getting comfortably paid. They're delivering. No one is any of the wiser. The person that runs the business and does all Nobody the money knew. says okay. They're like, hey, nobody else knew. We're paying these people all this money, and you're they're making a lot more. The people above them are making more. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. They're, this if it The people above them are loving this. And she's saying the angry HR lady or evil HR lady is saying, like, nah, man, you can't do this. You have to cut it off. Plausible deniability. I always will go with that. I love it too. The fair labor. I'll have them 
wheel me out. Well, watch how courtroom. she watch how she does this, Brett. This is this is the part I wanted to read. The Fair Labor Standards Act has strict rules regarding paying non-exempt employees, and California is even stricter. One of the key components is that employees must be paid for every hour they work. By not keeping accurate hours, your boss has opened the company up to possible disastrous results if someone complains oh or if God. the U.S. Department of Labor doesn't audit. Oh, my God. Who the fuck is going to Who complain that they were getting an extra fucking like four hours a day for their commute like how is that something that who no one's gonna make a peep to the fair labor make a peep yeah i'm sure he'll argue he's adding to their paychecks not taking away from them so there's not a problem so she did she She understands what we're saying our argument here uh and it's probably true that none of the employees are going to complain about extra money in their paycheck but that's not the only problem oh (laughs) really so that was the legal issue that people might say hey my boss has been giving me extra money i'm and taking I, you to court <laughs> i'm gonna go to court i'm gonna hire you know you gave me all this extra money i'm hiring a fucking lawyer and taking you to court <laughs> my you extra- can't get away with this you can't fucking get away with this you deposit money in my account i expect to get an equal amount of overdraft fees that's how <laughs> banking works in this country <laughs> but that's not the only problem let's talk about fraud no uh, <laughs> that's not <laughs> yeah, let's not. Let's have like not stay out of it. It doesn't con- shoe shoe fly. You bother me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. th- th- this. Get boss out of it. Comes on here. The boss is like and is hey, cutting it- off the gravy train, and then this HR lady is even like, "You need to cut it off more." You know, this is great. HR is the most bad position. Of it's all awful. The positions. It's horrible. This is what HR training. It's just like brain. it's sickos that are like, I can make the hard decision. Like they could just, it's, they could, you know, they could hold like a puppy's head underwater. That's who people, that's what people in HR are like. Yeah. Uh, but le- that's not the only problem. Let's talk about fraud. Let's talk about theft because this is what's going on. Employment attorney John Hyman said he probably wouldn't advise a company to press charges in this situation, but he would advise that the manager be fired. He's put you in a terrible situation. You've got to tell employees their paychecks are going to be cut and you need to report what has been going on to human resources. If you don't report it, you are complicit in the fraud. And as much as you want to forget this, at least one employee will complain about how you cut pay. So it's no longer going to be a secret. So uh, what an evil bit of advice. (laughs) Like, I hate this advice. I mean, it's It's horrible. I mean, it's like if you don't want any problems, you just go along with it, right? So uh, she gives gives detailed instructions on what this person's supposed to do, what, what this new horrible boss is supposed to do. One, report the fraud to HR, to payroll, or to your boss's boss. Any one of those is fine. Snitch. Hey, snitch. You know, tell you might get a promotion, meet with HR to discuss salaries for your employees. Make sure they are currently receiving market rate salaries. If they aren't create a plan to increase their pay. Okay. They don't just be letting people do that though. Like they ain't going to do that. They have their pay figured out. She's going to go in there and say, Hey, people are charging two X, four extra hours a day for their commute. And they're going to be like, Oh, we should be paying them four extra hours less a day. Yeah. Yeah. They're excited 
to they're not going to raise their pay. Sit down and meet with the employees. Normally, a tough conversation should be held one on one. But because this is the same conversation with everyone, you can do it as a group. Explain that you have to bring paychecks into legal compliance. That means people clock in when they arrive at work and clock out wow. when they leave. Wow. If they work additional hours at home, they must clock in at home and clock out when finished. Lunch breaks will be accurately recorded. Keep in mind, California has strict break laws that you need to comply with, making working through lunch almost always illegal. Employees will be paid for overtime. In California, that's more than eight hours in one day and more than 40 hours in one week. If you and HR agree that salary should be adjusted, tell them you're working on it. But they ain't going to believe you. You're not working on it. You went in and said, hey, you know, this boss was giving all the employees extra money. And now I'm, I'm finding this out now. Yeah. And uh, I want to take the money away, but I feel like I need to come up in here and ask for yeah. reasons for everybody. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, this is, this is, you know, again, this is like heartless HR advice. Make sure you express how much you appreciate their work and how excited huh. you are to be working with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't believe that. I mean, sure. That's hey, I have a really big problem for you, and I can't wait to cooperate on working through it. <laughs> they hate you. I'm, I'm going to call the feds if you don't start paying these people appropriately, but I can't wait to figure out how you handle this problem and learn from you. <laughs> oh, man. I would hate this boss. Yeah, this that's boss, wild. Is hated and meet. They will probably not be happy. Although you may yeah. find that some are relieved that the process will be legal. Now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some some people will be like, "Oh, well, at least it's oh, legal. This when, is legal. Yeah, great. Yeah. Felt like I was working in like a, a as a hitman for a period yeah. there because I was collecting extra money. And <laughs> yeah, it was great for my for life like and my family and dock stuff like workers that. that don't show up. Some weird old you know old timey thing. But yeah, now I guess. The government's involved. You will need to be an extra awesome manager to help during this transition, yeah. but you're likely Bring to experience some turnover due to this as well. The biggest lesson here is how much of a mess things can become when someone ignores the law and best practices in an attempt to be nice. Uh, that was horrible, though. Like, it's just such bad news when you have somebody saying, you know, like it was such a disingenuous argument. It's not a problem. You know? Yeah. It's it wasn't a problem. Nobody was having a problem with it from the top all the way down. It's just you snitching at yeah. that point and causing a problem where there doesn't need to be a yeah, problem. Yeah, I mean everybody has a way of doing things. You just should show up and join up or get out. <laughs> join or die, as they yeah. say. In, Pick in one. the military or whatever. Yeah. So so you have a question for me? Yeah, it's it's I mean it's 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 uh it's pretty interesting. There's no answer on here. They just want advice. This is from askamanager.org, but it's pretty good. How can I navigate office politics when I hate hierarchy and authority? That's so a good I question. I think you might have some good advice for this person. Uh, uh, I mean, I oh, yeah, this is true. I hate hierarchy and authority. So let, let, me, let me lay it out for you. Okay. I recently left a long-term jo long job that I was pretty happy in, but had very limited earning potential and no real opportunity for growth. I was offered an amazing opportunity in an industry I'd been trying to break into for a while and just finished my first week there. I really enjoyed my first week, and I really, really want to succeed in this job. The problem. My previous job was in the grocery industry and was very solidly blue-collar with not a whole lot of office politics. 
And I'm really afraid that I'm not cut, not cut out to work in a white collar, more political environment. I've identified what the, I've identified what the issue is. Ultimately, I really, really struggle with just how inherently infuriating, unfair, and unequal most office hierarchical setups seem. It really bothers me that hires, higher ups, large donors, and board members have pretty much however behave how, pretty much however they want with impunity. That their rank or donation status entitles them to never be challenged, told they're wrong, or pushed back against by those below them. Okay. That is... I mean... That's a tough question. But this is a person that I identify with. This question is a good question for a guy like me. I actually did work as a roofer for like three months and then go straight into a call center, which is a more white collar environment and as listeners know uh even though i wasn't always an anarchist i wasn't always a communist i've always had problems with authority yeah <laughs> you know what i mean no, it's like, been a yeah big it's, part of this it's well documented through it is fights. for a lot of folks so um i don't i they did give an example okay do you want to hear it yep once i corrected a board member who misunderstood something i'd done on an event i was directing I was chastised for that. When I asked why I wasn't allowed to assert my knowledge of the project I'd been leading for over six months, I was told firmly that the board member was going to be right no matter what, and all I was allowed to do was apologize, when I really hadn't done anything wrong or made any errors. What did the board member say? It's interesting. I hope there's like an answer there of how the board member reacted. Why should I have to fix something I didn't mess up just to soothe his ego and make him happy? Why wasn't I allowed to speak up for myself and assert how I had not, in fact, erred? Yeah. I mean, so it's they interesting. Wanted, that's what they said. Basically, that type of thing just happens over and over, and they can't handle it. And how do they overcome this? Man, you know, it's interesting because as a dude now, I, look, I was always at the bottom of the hierarchy. I've never been any higher than the very bottom of the hierarchy. I've never like moved up in the company, you know? And like now the nature of my job, just from the nature of my job, I don't think I'm at the top of a hierarchy, but I am like in a position where, you know, sometimes people aren't going to fucking tell me the truth, you know, or sometimes people are going to sugarcoat things and be nice about them. There's other times where that's not even the case. And uh, I would much rather somebody just tell me that I'm wrong, you know? And it's possible that that person also is like, yeah, you're wrong. You know, I'm wrong. And maybe it's not a big deal. And the reason I bring this up is because I've been in situations in an office where a manager said something and, and, and maybe I asked a question or tried to clarify something. And then a, a higher up manager said something. I've asked a question, tried to clear something up or whatever. And my manager got pissed for making them look bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they yell at me. And that is an extremely like white collar job thing to have happen. And I, I was, I, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to say what, you how to navigate office politics as an anarchist or as a person who I'm not even gonna say as an anarchist, not like it's not an ideological thing. It is an actual like thing in your brain that is just like, I just, I don't like people with authority over me because I feel like they can just do whatever they want. And it bothers me. 
Yeah, my answer is just to steal from work or do as little as possible. Like I don't, I don't want you to to risk anything. I don't want you to risk it, but you can do as little as possible to the point where you're like, this guy's a fucking dope. You know, he thinks I'm in here doing all this shit, and I've spent seven hours flipping shit on eBay. You know, instead. Yeah. So you just have to feel like you got one over on them and uh, they're really easy to please. And they're really just want you to say like a certain password type code of language that makes them feel comfortable. And once you get their trust, you can f- actually take all their money from them. Soft. Le- yeah. I mean, they really the the thing about being at the bottom level too. bottom is. Yeah. I mean, is yeah. that they don't actually like they don't care about your input anyway. It's it's like I always felt I did always uh, I'm going to I'm going to say let me phrase it like this. I was bad. Like as a bad employee cuz I'm bad with authority. I don't like authority, right? And I push against it. It just naturally it's a natural inclination when somebody has power over me, it pisses me off and I feel like I have to do something about it and I push back and and maybe even subconsciously I push back. And I used to sit in meetings and fucking be the problem. Grace hell. You yeah. know, the the I was very much like the guy that sat down or that stood up during the meeting and asked 47 questions and argued with the manager about the new policy. Every time there was a new policy that added more work, it was like, so you're going to give us more time? You know, and like get into that argument. Yeah, I have a two hour and 15 minute commute every day, buddy. Where am I going to I can't fit in all this <laughs> exactly. extra work. So all I can say is that if you're doing the work, if you're doing the work, okay, and you're doing what they want, exactly what they want, they will generally put up with. Yeah, whatever. Put up with you. Yeah. But you got to find my my if I could go back in time to the cable company now, I would have probably shut the fuck up and then. Let off the gas at the job. You yeah. know what I mean? Because, like, I just know now that, like, maybe I would have been a lot less miserable if I wasn't at war with my manager well, all the time. And they were, you know, keeping an extra eye on me because I'm a fucking pain in the ass. And if there's any way we can get rid of you, we're going to do that. So any resistance, like, I, I they were met. Every time with resistance from me, there was never a time. I remember one of the last things that happened when I left, right before I left, was uh, we had those Nextel phones and they wanted me to carry it with me when I wasn't at work. And it's just this huge phone. And and, and I had a smartphone by that time. And it's just this huge phone. It's a walkie talkie that goes off. And it's just obnoxious. It was, I hated those things. So what I did was I came home from work and I threw it in my, I charged it in my van and just left it in my van on the charger. And uh, they were like, no, you can't do that. And it's like, why? There's tools in the van. It's the same thing as the tools. Like, yeah, they're going to steal anything. They're going to steal everything. So it doesn't fucking matter. And they were like, well, we need to be able to get a hold of you. And in the meeting, I just stood there. I stood up in a meeting. And I was like, I don't want you to get a hold of me. Yeah. I never want you to be able to yeah. get a hold of me just because you want to get the hold of me. That's not the life I'm trying to live. And now I think if I could 
could have gone back, I might've just kept doing it and not saying that I was gonna keep doing it. Cause I don't know where that honesty got me in the yeah. end, you know? <laughs> like, it just feels like it, I never, you mean, I, I mean, never I, moved forward because of my honesty. They yeah. never say like, oh, this guy's got I moxie. Really <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand that. I mean, and there is like, I think that you can milk it in a way if you can find something that you slot into and you can do a minimum amount of work for a reasonable amount of money. Um, you do have extra time to focus on your own creative endeavors in the in extra, you know, I also, extra hours or to focus on other stuff. I mean, I, I I think that sometimes just being useful to those people, um, but like like I said once again, taking as much advantage of them as possible i think another thing is like people don't i i think like executives and management and people like that and most just people in general don't there are jobs right there are people that are happy in their job i know we don't talk about those people very much and i pretend like they don't exist thank you but, for being uh, honest. at a couple of my uh, I'll, I'll say that at the call center right uh, there was tier one, tier two. Okay. I was tier one for a year and a half and I didn't want to be tier two. I just wanted to be tier one, you know, and, uh, I was the whole time and, uh, I was probably a problem, but I was a tier one guy that knew exactly what he was doing. And I was the best tier one guy on the floor because sure. I never tier moved up one to tier expert. two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, cause I didn't want to be the guy that they escalated to. If you really want to know the, yeah. the decision making, you was wanted like, to be able to shove it off to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be able to send them somewhere else. If you can't in a call center, death is not being able to send somebody yeah. to somebody. You don't else. want being the, the last person in line is like, tough yeah <laughs> yeah so i remember uh, there was this person that used to do cancellations and it was like it took so much out of her like she oh, had to yeah. she had to like because they were all about this win back campaign which i'm sure so many people have heard that before so they were going after cancellations and trying to convince them to do otherwise and this lady would just like put her head in her hands after fighting for someone on the phone for 45 minutes because our service absolutely used and abused them and took all their fucking money. Uh -huh. And this person is calling them to tell them you actually can't cancel your account because we have a way that this will work for you, you know? And then you're, you're just, yeah. I, cause I knew guys, I knew the tier two guys, a lot of them at the work, you know, you work somewhere for here, you meet a lot of people. <laughs> and uh, I also knew the small business. There was a SBTC small business tech call crew those those people i mean their life was not great yeah i mean it's it a small business dial up internet I, and it's just getting screamed at all day by small business tyrant i mean yeah I, I don't know i i do it's like i don't know how to tell this person to like sell their soul to like to make it work i mean i would say try to find a way to live outside of the system is probably going to be the best for you but other than that, like if you can do a comfortable amount of ripping off, I think that is how I survive. I don't think it's selling your soul to, I mean, because like I said, I, I'm giving you op two options, right? I'm giving you the one, the option of I work my ass off, I do all the work right, and I'm also loud in the meetings, and I will question the board members, I will question the donors, I yeah. will say what I want to say, or, you know, you can just be quiet and just let... Because I hate to say this, 
But a lot of these companies like aren't designed for you to be able to push the shit back uphill. No, <laughs> you know? like they say shit rolls downhill. It's a matter of just dealing with like, it. You're not. It's they very call it hard. flexibility. They're like you're not being flexible enough. Yes, it's like that's yeah. Perfect. You're trying to ruin my life right now. It's yeah, like, yeah. Well, you could be more flexible about it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They they will say you're in. I got called inflexible quite often at 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 my reviews at all my jobs because the same thing happened to the cable company too. It's like. I was an installer and love being an installer. And they made me a service tech. And I was like, I like this. This is the second level up service tech. Yeah. I just go in and fix stuff. I felt very good about that. And I was willing to be a service tech for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, I really did think that way at the time. I was yeah. like, I'll just do this for the rest of my life. This for is sure. great. I know this job. It's fine. And uh, they kept trying to push me up. They actually forced me into training for another position up up the ladder but it was just kind of like they it took them seven years to get me to even try to leave the second level that i got to when i was there for six months because i worked my ass off for those six months and uh when i worked there i worked very hard to make sure that i was covered like it was basically like a big cover your ass all the time and you can be the world's biggest asshole to your manager if you want to a, gen a lot nice. of times you can be the world's biggest asshole if you want to be the world's biggest asshole, but it's you have to do the work right, which is a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. So I think either way you choose, you'll be – I'm sure you will figure out office politics too. I had to go from like blue collar to – I had to go back and forth to blue collar to white collar jobs all the time. And uh, it is kind of a shocking turn when you go from – roofing to tech support or from tech support to to um tech support to working for the cable company or, or even you go from college to working as a as a uh table busser like there's there's a different set of skills that comes with every different kind of job and uh that it's all basically the same though they will tolerate a loud mouth that does everything right yeah always that's so true. if you want to be a loud mouth Unfortunately, you got to do the job right. But yeah, you can be a loudmouth. They will tolerate. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's that. Let's uh, get one more. Maybe next week we'll do intellectual. I have intellectual takeout mm, articles. That's a lot for us. Want to dive into that? Mm, yeah, we'll take next week. We'll do it next week. I'll leave it in here. But let's look for at this. Yeah, for, we haven't done it. We haven't got. Uh, we haven't dined on some intellectual takeout in a while. It's been a long time. Did you see this before we get out of here? The United States Department of Justice in the Western District of Pennsylvania. Uh, they posted a um, they posted a tweet about a drug bust. Okay. And uh, it took you to this this press release that was sent out by the Court of Appeals. It, so this is from the state. Okay. And it's from Pittsburgh. A former resident of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, pleaded guilty in federal court to charges of conspiracy to distribute and possession with intent to distribute an analog of fentanyl. Oh, God. United States Attorney oh, Scott W. Brady announced. Today. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read this guy's name because he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, he pled guilty to the two counts. In connection with the guilty plea, the court was advised that from May 2017 to August 2017, Lozito conspired with others to distribute and possess with intent to distribute cyclopropyl fentanyl, an analog of fentanyl. So this is fentanyl. Um, 
So here, here's what happened with the raid. On August 9th, 2017, law enforcement executed a search warrant at Lozito's residence on Bond Street. Guyton was found on the floor along with Lozito and two other individuals. Large amounts of narcotics and packaging paraphernalia were present in the house. A table with powder narcotics was overturned during the initial SWAT entry into the home, causing large amounts of opioids to become airborne. SWAT officers exposed to the airborne narcotics were sent to Mercy for evaluation. Everyone was medically cleared and no one was harmed. Right. Law enforcement also executed a search warrant somewhere else. Um, so this was posted. This article was posted by a representative, I believe. He, he was like some U.S. attorney. Okay. okay? And uh, they talked about this harrowing situation. For these 12 cops that when we start, to, let's think, let's think about what the raid actually was. Okay. Let's think about what actually happened. Maybe this guy is sitting in his apartment and he has fentanyl. Yeah. Okay? He has a big fucking pile of fentanyl and uh, he is getting it packaged up to sell. Okay. We all know that's illegal, but we also know. That it's like people want it, and that's yeah. just what's happening, you know? And he's he's packaging up the cell. Then a raid happens, okay? And the raid, the cops come in. Yeah. And they claim. They, like, throw it in the air, like, ah! <laughs> They come running in the house. They comically throw it in the air. They flip the table. Yep. And then 12 cops have a panic attack There's and have to be taken powder. to the hospital yeah. because of something called airborne opioids, which is... Not a thing. Yeah. And this Trump has been talking about fentanyl lately. And the reason that freaks me out is because these stories get to yeah, him passed around him. and it gets to people. And it's like, you, they are lying. Like yeah. these cops are, th listen, well, I'm not one to say that the cop, I, I mean, the cops lie. First of all, <laughs> yeah. that's all it is. Cops lie. <laughs> wow. Number one. A lot of but also number two. I think that they probably do think that they're dying from fentanyl. You know, I think that yeah. they are having a panic attack and well, they think it got on them because somebody told them uh, if fentanyl touches your skin, it kills you. This is kind of a tangent, but it is relevant. This is, I was talking to somebody about mystery shopping and about how after I did enough mystery shopping, I realized that if you went into a location and you wrote a review that said this was a five star this was a five-star visit and everybody there said all the right things and they tried to sell me the right lemonades and they talked about the new combo meals. No one is going to try to contest that because the manager doesn't want to prove you wrong. The district manager doesn't want to prove you mm -hmm. wrong. Nobody in that organization wants to prove you fucking wrong. Yeah, because you said it was great. Yeah, that's so, what like, they've always like, wanted. Who's going to go the, after you for saying this was great? And that's what they get in these situations. It's like we ran in there and we thought we saw some dust. And then it's like, yeah, fuck it. Just run with it. Like, I was scared. I thought it was fentanyl everywhere. I thought I inhaled enough to kill you know, me. Do you like, think? Why wouldn't you take that valor, right? Exactly. Well, that's true. Also, you look like a fucking hero. At, on the other side of this. Yeah. If you're one of those guys. You, you made it through. Because I maybe there's two possibilities here, right? There's the one possibility that these cops are fed erroneous 
they, lies. Then we know they are about this. We do know some are some maybe some may be a little wiser about it, but I think there is a matter of groupthink that comes with this. Right. I think the DEA. Because I've be, heard about this would the be videos. like a really good movie. Like, imagine if in the movies, if you just threw like dust at the cops and they all fucking just like died. <laughs> like a whole SWAT team came in there with all their equipment. And some fucking, you know, peop some people with like face masks on threw powder at him and like, you know. And then like, what if that was happening? What was that really for was fucking happening? Some comic book shit. You <laughs> yeah, know? it is. Th that is it. And, that and they, is they're convinced and it's just never has. And they're, but they're convinced these situations are going to be Robocop. People shoot it in their veins. Yeah. All the way in. People yeah, people put it directly in their body. put it right in their body. And it doesn't kill them. They think that fentanyl has a 100% yeah. fatality rate. And that's not true. It kills a it's lot like, of people. It, that's called a su that would be a suicide pill. I know. It All does these people, we got to stop these people from getting these drugs to kill themselves. Well, no. <laughs> what they think, though, they think that fentanyl kills 100% of the people. And right. that they're being lied to that's what by I mean. an evil drug dealer uh, that is selling them fentanyl <laughs> instead of heroin yeah and it's like if it was now, you just want, heroin you want coming back yeah what's really happening is some guy is a heroin dealer and he's like i i got i got heroin here's a dose and it, the dose is too strong because it's hard for a regular person sure, to, to make do the chemistry the to do the chemistry to make the doses right and that's how and people are overusing it and that's how they're dying i also heard from a and this is a professional drug dealer that like does it for a lot of money they said also they were thinking that uh the cocaine issue is that people are weighing it on a scale and then not wiping it off yep that's probably true too yeah and so it comes down to something like maybe we have to get OSHA. We have to get OSHA involved with our drug dealers to make well, sure people are wiping down scales dude, before that, they weigh their drugs. You say that as a joke. I don't. But no, we I, I would talk love to see a it. lot on this show. I mean, we don't say you this enough, but shit. we should be having people dose this stuff for people because realistically, you're never going to get people to stop doing no. it. No. And, uh, and the it, reason it's unsafe is because it's illegal. Yeah. Fentanyl is not an inherently unsafe thing. It's unsafe for some guy in his apartment to fucking and mix up and make and sell, you know? Well, it legitimately gets boring after a while. I mean, honestly, you know, folks uh, crave the type of relationships that they were born into. And there's a certain amount of chaos that we're all comfortable with. And uh, abusing drugs and alcohol brings a lot of drama and a lot of uh, chaos that's comfortable for people. And uh, when you make it readily available, it's like it just becomes very fucking boring to do just drugs all day like that. It's like I would maybe I could do some other shit, right? You know, it's, well, I, it's like when you're not chasing it down all the time, when you're not freaking out about your bank account and you're not in these high stakes situations to get a hold of it, everything else, you know, just goes away you know right yeah because the amount of time when i was like heavy on opioids at that time when i was heavy on painkillers I, I spent most of my time trying to get but it was them. exciting i mean that but that was comfortable like that right. was you felt you had a task to do you felt like you were do i need to get this i need to make this happen you know right but if i you had just woke it, up and someone handed it to you it'd be like ah fuck well i'm not gonna play basketball or something maybe well you yeah know? <laughs> that's the thing it would have opened up a lot of time and and removed yeah. a lot of the the danger from my life but i guess there are people who probably think like yeah but you know it's it's physically you're physically and, dependent on it and for me it's like if there's treatment to help you get off of it that's great that is 
what you want. You want like a legal thing. You want a legal, easy to get thing for the people that need it. And then an opportunity for somebody to help you detox and get off of yeah. it when you're ready to happen. That and that's that is a realistic it is adult way that's of the way dealing with this and, stuff. And it's come with age too, because I've realized at this point, like I've seen people that did spend a whole decade, a whole fucking ten years. I knew a guy that spent his whole life a hardcore addicted to drugs. He's now sober. He's like now 20 years removed from that and not the same person at all. And like it was a very small period of his life and it involved a lot of other illegal activities besides the drugs. Well, it's interesting you know? what you said earlier too about, about uh, legal drugs and shit is like I, when I told my doctor I'd cut down on weed, I wasn't like bullshitting. I haven't, I've probably smoked weed every two or three days now. And I hit it once right before I go to bed. I'm not smoking when I record. I'm not smoking, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing a ton of weed. And part of that might also be because I get a lot of free weed, man. I get a lot of free weed. It's demystified. I, people hand me stuff. I have a lot of it at my house and it's just, it's like less exciting to me now. And like, it wasn't making me feel great every time, sure. you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I was getting paranoid. So then yeah, that's not good. at the end of the night, now I'll do it when I'm in bed, but I'm not going to, I'm not trying to like get stoned and freak out every single time I do it. And, uh, I, it did. It, I think this job has kind of demystified weed for me. Like it's less exciting to me. It's, it's just, I can go get it. Yeah. But even in the end, around a lot of it, I mean, dude, I did those two hits of acid and like, we've been partying so much recently. I can see how like road dogs, like I can see how they were taking 10 strips of acid every <laughs> single night. Like I could fuck with that at this point. Like the two hits that I did, did not knock me off my rocker at all. Like I, uh, you know, going so hard at it. Like when I come back, it's been a, like me and Erica, like are really trying to figure out how to have like a launch pad situation because like, it's really troubling to come back to regular life it's after hard. It's just like being up all night and hanging out with people and just doing rad shit and then groceries and dishes and laundry and just it's, 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 it's tough. I mean, let's, let's tell the listeners this. That's why you're not allowed to be mad at us for not touring November to April. Yeah. <laughs> like it's we're really, taking that time it's off. It's tough on the whole family. It is. It's tough for everybody. It's tough for me. You know, yeah, I don't like to leave my family. Crazy. I get very homesick and, and shit like that. We're not going to be totally off the road. I think we're just going to be within three or four hours of Ohio Columbus so that we can come home. But yeah. yeah, that is a hard transition. Like coming home from tour and then just being like, hey, I need you to go drop off the fucking recycling yeah. and go grab me some stuff from the grocery store. And you're just like, oh, God, I'd rather be in that hotel room right now. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I'm not even having fun in the fucking hotel. <laughs> no, I don't think it's it's not that I would rather be there. It's just that like, um, I don't know. It's just 10 days of being on the road. You just get very used to something else. You do. You know, you, you do get away from it where you're like, oh, man, I have to like fucking break down pizza boxes right yeah 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 i know the feeling man i i get i get like i try to like the day i get home go right back into my home routine i don't i'm taking the new agreed thumpon thing because we've been trying to i mean it's stupid this is stupid uh do you're not nobody is superhuman and you know i am borrowing from the future i am not sleeping the full amount i should be when we're on tour 
And so I need to come back and have a night of 14 hours of rest to be comfortable again, to make everything work. And we have to accept that. And we don't have to say that I should be able to power. I should be stronger because I'm fucking not strong enough to do that. It's a, it's very taxing on me to try to be up early Mm -hmm. and also out late, you know? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I think that your way is like your way and that, that like my way, I, there's only comfort in the routine for me. There's only comfort yeah. in waking up and doing the thing and then going and walking and then coming home. Like I need to do that yeah. every day and I feel great. And like, I don't get to do that on tour. Right. And uh, so being able to come home and just do that, like I have found that, you know, in the middle of my walk, I, I start to feel thankful that I'm back in Columbus. Yeah. Like, and I'm happy I'm here and I'm looking around and I'm seeing all the familiar stuff. Yeah. But the flip side of that is once I'm here for a month and a half, it's like, what are we even doing? Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> so I just keep doing this all day and yeah. then we get, that's it. I, I mean, I like touring. It's, yeah, I do There's too. no it's great. two ways about it's it. Fun. Like I never traveled. I hardly traveled anywhere until two years ago and I've been everywhere. I'm now. getting pee shivers. How yeah, close it's time. We're done. done. Let's, let's, let's blow the let's end this thing let's blow this we thing started our late too thanks so. for listening to street fight radio i'm brett he's brian you can find us on social media at street fight wcrs um you can write to us street fight radio at gmail.com uh you can also follow us on instagram twitch twitter facebook all that shit just spread the word if you can if you want more people to uh be be uh more open-minded about drugs and hating their boss and uh telling their landlord to pay their own fucking processing fees uh consider letting somebody know about street fight we do appreciate it and we'll see you on sunday we're doing a call-in show uh 9 p.m eastern standard time be there like 8 30 if you want to get in peace i gotta pee Wow.